Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. How good is it to be here? And, yeah, now I'm excited. I don't know. I kind of got a good idea, but you do understand that, like, you have a God, hey? <laughs> Who has a God? <laughs> Who's enjoyed the last two years of the move of God? Hasn't that been awesome? The reset and God doing things. And I really want to speak into the life of your church. I think this is what is amazing what God is doing amongst you. I believe that. Uh, What is starting to happen here needs to happen everywhere um, in all sorts of reinventing. And I just champion Joel and Lauren and being brave enough to actually kick the side out of the pool and be willing to be a river, hey? Who knows that's chaotic. It could end up anywhere. It has all sorts of effects with floods and and it's chaotic. Isn't that good? (laughs) Isn't that good? You have to, what, doesn't your Marine say, adapt and overcome? <laughs> I love just watching him say, we're going from a pool to a river. I think you should preach that now. I'm not going to preach that anymore. I think Pastor Joel's got the revelation of that now. But I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. I just want to get into it. Is that cool? <laughs> I, want, I want to speak to you about Living above the line. Mm. Who knows this more? <laughs> you know, one of the big things, one of the big things people have asked me, you know, people, pastors ring me, leaders ring me, like, what's God saying? What's God doing, you know, in this season and coming out of this season? How crazy it still is and still weird. And what God's even been doing in the church and reshaping things and moving people. There's a lot of moving parts right happen, happening right now. And, we still haven't landed. <laughs> Who feels like that? You know, a lot, of, a lot of people are both bored and tired at the same time. They're like worn out from like the stress of the whole thing. True? And so, but, but it's, it's God. <laughs> you, you're going to learn to see God in a thunderstorm. You're going to learn to see God. I don't know, I can see Him. It's like that girl who was saying that, darling, man, that's as Texas as you can get a thing, yo, yo, yo. In Australia, we go, use. <laughs> is that if there was ever anything I think the world needs is hungry believers. <laughs> and I think God has been really wanting to starve a few things and put some pressure on things to make us hungry. <laughs> and I was talking about this with the Salvation Army leader in our nation. We sat down to talk about exactly this sort of thing. And he asked me what, it, and I said, look, if we go back to how church was, yeah, that's a great, but as long as people are hungry, would you, I would rather lead, I would rather lead, I don't know, the older school, conservativist church, every, you've all got to wear a suit and a hat, and we only going to play the organ? Man, I'm cool if you're hungry. Come on. You can have the tambourines, the lights, and the, the great and the best worship and the latest cutting edge thing, but no one's hungry. I, I, I'd rather be in that other, what, the other thing. As conservative as it is. Come on, are you hearing me? 
And I've been talking to pastors around the place. It's like, if you, how would you like hungry people? And they go, oh, that would be my dream come true. And I think that's the Father's thing. Man, if people were just hungry. You notice how there's a lot of feasts in the Bible and Jesus was very much about feeding people. But you know what? The more you eat, what happens? Anything you feed grows. Is that true? Come on. Feed temptation. Every, like that's the, the, if you look at it spiritually, it, 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 you know, the more you feed, the more you feed temptation because it gives you things, just satisfy me and I'll leave you alone. <laughs> that's the lie that it says. It says, do this and, I'll, and it lies two ways. I'll give, you what, I'll give you what you want and I'll leave you alone. And what happens is it never gives up what it promises and it just gets bigger. Is that true? Same thing in God. You get a touch from God, guess what you're going to need tomorrow? <laughs> More. But the difference is it will do what it's promised. The thing is, but it will probably only last you about 24 hours. Come on, isn't that what, you, 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 come on. One meal a day is the minimum. Is that true? Man, you Texans, it's like breakfast and then there's second breakfast and then there's <laughs> coffee and something and then lunch. Oh my goodness. Like, some, like you guys, you, there's, I've seen menus where there's, you know, servings and then a bucket. Uh, oh my gosh. Like... Like I thought I could eat, but you guys, you just smash me. It's like, oh my goodness. And that's just you girls. <laughs> you girls can eat. Oh my gosh. I'm wondering, I know when you know, Texans got all these trucks to carry their wife around in. It's like, <laughs> bring the food back for her. I don't know why you're laughing. It must cost you, they must cost you a fortune, boys, to keep this thing going. Anyway, anyway, but hunger. Come on, hunger. Are you hungry? And you know what I think the best thing to ever do? And I was sharing with this with, uh, I think it was Joel or Shane. I can't remember. One of them. And it's like this. I've just gone on an assignment. Literally, this is what that Salvation Army guy said to me. And he is a drunk. He is a Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. He is the most... Pentecostal person I know. He, he, and he's, he looks like Friar Tuck. He's a rotund little fella. He's always wearing his Salvation Army T-shirt. So he's a, he gets into the mayor's office. He gets in the chief of police office without appointments. He goes to the who's who of wherever, has national favour and is amazing. But he literally walks in waddling. <laughs> he walks in so that, you know what? And he said to me, he says, Mother, it's easy to make people hungry. Just eat in front of them. Come on. Oh, come on. If I sat across the table from you and I was eating, what is it? Chicken fried steak with that gravy all over it. And I just sat there and you'd be, you wouldn't be listening to what I said. Your whole mind would just go on to, I just, oh man, if I, where do you get that from? Is that true? Come on. Have you ever, it'll be the best, let me tell you something, it's going to be the best revival we'll ever have. It will be renewal to our churches if we can get, make people hungry. But the, who, 
Who, who could eat in someone, in front of someone? A few of you could. Come on. Come on, you could eat in front of someone. Come on, could you make someone hungry? For... Come on, let's just eat. Yum. Oh, I was saying to the leaders yesterday, I just keep myself one drink away from getting into trouble for where I can, okay, I can, I think I can stay appropriate, but I just have to have one more and I don't care. Are you ready? We're going to read the word. Are you ready? I'm going to make you so hungry. You just want to get out of here. And you're just going to, you know, I just want to sit in worship. Come on. I just want his presence. I just want his revelation. Oh, my gosh. Because I, I, I want to show you that you can live above the line of which we've been operating in church, yeah? So let's go. Well, let's just go to Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, they were all of one accord in one place. Well, we've tick. Go tick, we're there. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there were some appeared on them divided tongues of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. People that are, you know, I'm surprised at the amount of people that are seeking God. But as my little brother said, they know of him, but he doesn't know them. Man, there are so many people out there that don't know they're saved. (laughs) Do you know how to act saved around people who want that? Being joyful, being hopeful, you know, being full of courage, being brave, being generous. Do you know how to do that? (laughs) Have you done it in such a way that people... Want what you? I want to be able to do that. Come on. When the sound occurred, the multitudes came together and were confused, because everyone they heard speaking in their own language. Then they were then they were amazed and marvelled, saying to one, "Look, all these people who speak a Galilean, how is it that we hear each one in our own tongue of which we were born?" Speaking to our very self. I mean, we're only touching on really what Pentecostal is. And then it goes on, it lists all these people from Texas. (laughs) Paritans, Mead, Elamites, Texans. (laughs) San Marcuses. San Antonio's, all this is like the same thing. Even from Libya and adjoining, Syria and from Rome, both Jews 
and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In verse 21, and they're also amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, How, whatever could this mean? And they mock, saying, they are full of wine. <laughs> of course, the famous verse, they are not drunk as you suppose. Since it's only the third hour of the day. <laughs> Imagine you great, ever woken up full. Ever been full by nine o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning? Come on. We've got to learn in a way with, live in a way with Jesus that is pressed down, shaking together, running over. Come on. Now, that doesn't mean crazy. It just means misunderstood. <laughs> Come on. I'm okay with that. Are you? See, and this is where we've got to start to shift. See, we've got to go, see, because we've been really good at purpose for the last couple of decades, see. We've got, we know about purpose. And it's, one, and it's a fundamental thing for believers. You have the purpose. In fact, I've been doing a big study on grief and pain. <laughs> who's, good at, who's good at suffering? Man, okay, you're in the right place if you aren't good at it because guess what? You're going to have it served up to you. Come on, throughout Scripture, there's pain. In fact, even Paul said that the pain of his suffering qualified his calling. In fact, it, often your enemies and the, and the things that come against you to cause the pain registers your spirituality. Your enemies, your enemies identify how powerful you are. See, as Pentecostals, we just want to all swing. We go, if we believe God and trust God, it's all going to be good. That's not actually scriptural. Yes. Like we have an enemy, we have a couple of enemies. And if you, don't, if, you, if you can learn, but I know this, being full makes it very difficult. <laughs> See, one scripture says the anointing breaks the yoke. Fatness. Like, you know, like, imagine the enemy is designed to trap a collar, to collar you, you know, so that I, I know on the farm in Kinabaru, we used to set these traps because kangaroos push through, they wreck fences, the stupid things. <laughs> but a lot of the way they do, they push either under or they'll just find a little seam and they push and, they, and these things are brutes. Like, they look, yeah, they, you all know them as like fluffy little jump around thing, but they are, man, they're stronger than a man. Like, they, they can literally tear fences apart, you know, that's unbelievable. And so I learnt from my grandfather to just put a noose around the opening so when they jump through, he got them. And see, the enemy wants to do that with you. He wants to put a noose in your path. But the thing is, imagine if the noose, he went, okay, this, this is just right for us. And it, oh, He, he's too fat. <laughs> Come on. He's eaten too much. Dang. Is that how you would say it? In a, you know, shucks. And that's what the enemy is going to do. That's why, that's why you eat, you eat, and you be full. Guess what? Whatever trap the enemy, the enemy has for you, it won't fit. How frustrating for him. Come on. Come on, 
I just know that being joyful, and I don't want to really preach it, I've got other things, but I just know joy makes hell anxious. <laughs> and it does not suit the believer. <laughs> I laugh because I get so many. I get, I, you know what? I actually get Christians that have been diagnosed with anxiety. I went, really? I'm not gonna, I'll probably get the, just send the email about that to Joel. (laughs) But we've got to learn to do this. I want to do a few things. Is that cool? Is this, see, would you have to have a purpose? In other words, it's what we do. Purpose is good because then you know what to do. Is that true? (laughs) But we have to live above that. If we've got to live from it's you know unity of purpose to unity of heart. Come on, and not not known for what we do, but known for who we are. Come on, and that's far more powerful. I was we we went out shooting as you do in Texas, and one guy was talking about a teacher that would walk around with him, taught him to ski. And he says, you know, I don't remember any of the words he said, but I remember the man. I remember his presence. I remember his patience. See, it's not, it's not doing, doing, is, doing is the law. What do I do? I've got a problem, what do I do? <laughs> that is one of the biggest, it was kind of a message I felt God was, oh no, I could probably plat it in. See, Jesus' big temptation, the big temptation to Jesus was to do. (laughs) If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Do something relative. (laughs) And the church has worked really hard to be relevant. And that was never, that's below the line. We're known for our excellence. We're known for our friendliness. We're known for our community works and feeding people, closing people, looking after the poor. That's, well, that's a taken, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, the problem is, guess what? Uh, Hindus could do that. Buddhists can do that. Lions Club can do that. One of your sports people could do that with like one game's worth of money. But we have to be able to do something that they cannot do. See, we're supposed to be prophetic, not relevant. Mm, You're thinking about that. See, what's happening is we're not supposed to be just watching for the world to do something and then we mimic it. You know, like Christian heavy metal. Oh, hey man, if you're in that Christian, now it's Christian hip hop. Now it's Christian, you know, it's like all that. And praise God for our music. Amen. But I can't wait till we do something. And have a sound that the world goes, never heard that before. I've never seen, I've never seen power in I've never seen being able to touch people's heart like that ever before. I've never been able to see music that can make even people that don't dance, dance. <laughs> Imagine that, come on. We are way, in, 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 come on. We can't just be like, you know, listening to Coldplay and play that back to them and think that's cool. Change, you know, like change this stone into bread. Are you hearing me? We have to be, it has to be, it really is about a unity of heart, a unity of heart. All together in one accord, in one heart. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We just had a pandemic. I understand it. We had a pandemic and church nearly tore itself apart. You have an election and the church nearly tore itself apart. You had a, a what would you say, a, a social issue going on and you nearly tore yourselves apart. We did too. It happened in, in Australia as well. It happened to, I know a very good friend of mine with the, with the black one. And I'm, hey, I love black people. I grew up with Aboriginal kids, you know. It's like, I get it. But it's, it's this is church. Neither Jew nor Greek, neither free nor slave. What? The ethnicity thing, we should have buried a lot. Like, look at, look at this. Everyone. All creeds, Grecians, Texans, Aussies, all together, and we can all hear God the way we need to hear God. Come on. Come on. We've got to be of one heart, not one purpose, one heart. Way beyond our mission. Mission should come out of who we are. Come on. Known for that. We should have one heart. You should do all you can, all you can to stay in one accord. Come on. Oh, man. I, yeah, I'm, like I had to ring some, I mean some big wheels in Australia, or they would ring me, wanted me to get on board with their thing during all of this. <laughs> I'm like, mate. I don't know. I don't know about me, but I know Jesus isn't fearful or angry. I don't know about your Jesus. Is your Jesus fearful and angry? (laughs) Does he demand his own rights? (laughs) Persecuted. (laughs) Thinking, mate, really? I've done like 10 years worth of... um, missions in Indonesia where I had to, I had to travel with, with their federal police officers, like their FBI with me, in case I was shot. I thought, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and they've been chopping Christians' heads off for the last 40 years. I stood in churches where they hadn't had time to fix the patches from machine gun fire into the back wall. Come on. Come on. Unity of heart. How passionate can you be for your brothers and sisters? The world hasn't seen us. It's waiting for us to really be the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, that we will love you. doesn't matter how dumb you are, I love you. Come on, come on. And it's actually like, it's interesting. And it's like, I did a prophetic, we did a, Joseph and I, do you want to stand up, Joseph, say g'day? G'day. <laughs> did this workshop. And part of that is, you know, part of what we do is sort of show how easily God's speaking. And I'll, I'll ask kind of, what's your movie? And now this guy had come up to me before the workshop and you could tell this guy was not playing with a full deck of cards. There were a few kangaroos loose in the back paddock, you know. It's like, <laughs> amen, I get that. I've, I get that. understand that. And he's heavily medicated, probably with elephant. I can see it, discern it. He's, you know, probably functioning on elephant tranquilizer, you know, and he's really, you know, but he's sitting in the second row and he's listening to me. <laughs> when I ask, the, you know, and we're going through all the different movies and people, and he slowly put up his hand, you know, 
I say, hey, brother, what's your movie? And he goes, Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm like, amen. <laughs> the whole church laughed. I'm thinking, God, you're real. Yeah. He's hurt. He, he was humble enough to go, yep, that's what the angels said. <laughs> I don't know if you've got the context. See, Jesus loves him and spoke to him about his crazy. And he actually goes, I like your crazy and I made a movie for you to relate to. Because of the least, the least person in this room, the most neediest, the most sinful person is the focus of us if you're here, you are here. It's not me. It's the least person in here. Jesus loves. Imagine if we, if we sought out the least person here. Not the most gifted, not the most, they're fine. But the least person. Who's in the most pain right now? Who's suffering the most? Do we even know that? That's the church. Come on. So we have to have unity of heart. Which is the other one, see? Often we want to achieve, you know, we have unity of purpose and we want to achieve goals. We're after numbers. One of the worst things, I was preaching at a pastor's gathering in central New South Wales, which is kind of like, I don't know, maybe like, it's, up, it's not as desolate, but it's, it's a beautiful part of the world. <laughs> it's Australia, hey man. But it's like a wheat belt for us, you know, lots of prosperous farmers um, and some great churches. You know, they're not very big, but they are powerful because it's regional Australia, okay? You're lucky if you've got 10,000 people in a town, you know? See, you know, you get it, hey? And an old boy, Jacko, who goes around, he's got a plane, he flies around to, to you know, uh, remote places, preachers. He goes, hey, Mars, what do you think the biggest problem is the church right now? And I'd even get a time to think, welcome to my world. It was counting. Numbers. I get your team wanting to know the numbers, but who cares what down the road's numbers are? Is that true? All you need to know is, is, is who should be here here? Have a look around. Is there someone not here that should be here? Are you hearing me? Do you even know that? Because we have to have numbers, but see, (laughs) we have to live above the line and we have to have affection. We can't just have unity of heart, we actually have to have affection. We have to have deep love and care for one another. And it doesn't matter if you haven't got a hug, can you hug? Come on. Can you do that? Because it really is, we've got to be not motivated by, by numbers, but by names. Yeah. That's good. It is good, hey, sis. 
Known by names. We are all known by name. The, the name, the, every person in here who knows Jesus, his name has been written down and they'll always have that name. Their name, do you know their name? Not just their face, their name. It's one of the most powerful things in all the scripture, the, the lists of names, hey. This counts, this person counts. They have a name. Do you know it? Come on. We have to be known for a higher. See, it's one thing. The third thing is this. You have to just follow me. See, is that see, is if you like, presence. We have to have presence. Is that true? That marks us amongst every other thing. And it's not like the presence comes in worship. It's just that you've recognised the presence in worship. Is that true? The team... Ministry is just pointing another to another and worship just reveals the agenda of Jesus for the meeting. Whether it's in your home or in your business or in a gathering of believers, it's just pointing out the presence. (laughs) Come on, is that true? Come on. And the presence, see, what we've come up with is we've come up with principles and rules to get the presence. Sound at a certain level. I get excellence. I totally get that. And I get that some people are really called to do that and get, and get people to recognise and get their focus off themselves and, and the world and the enemy and actually onto Jesus. I think that's a calling. True? Come on. To recognise presence. But it's not following, you know, the two fast songs, the two slow songs, an announcement and then the word and then pads while we do the altar call and then we sing a clappy song and we all go to lunch. That's rules. That's following the rules. And if, if you like, I know this is being recorded and I would say probably, I was sharing, you know, Hillsong probably had that happen. They learnt the rules of worship, the rules of church, the principles of how to bring presence and they can, believe me, They can. They can. And come on, you, you, you know how to get in, you know how to dress, how to hold your hands, what to do, what's appropriate. You know the rules. But do you actually know the relationship? Presence isn't about rules. Presence is about relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is that true? Yes. It's about a deepness. Man, he's here. Well, I don't know about you, I brought him with me. Aren't you glad I came? (laughs) I don't know what you've been doing since my last visit. Because I bring him with me. Come on, can you, can you, can you, come on? Have you ever filled the car with his presence? Have you ever filled your bedroom with his presence? Ever filled the kitchen with his presence? Have you ever filled your lounge room with his presence before someone else comes in? Ambush him. (laughs) Something amazing about your house. Something so amazing about your house. I don't know what it is. It's beautiful, but there's something about your house. There's something about when I sit with you. There's something about when, you know, when I work with you. Presence. Come on. You are a carrier. You are a person of his presence and it's not hype here's a little 
little tidbit. Do you actually, do you, can you discern the difference between adrenaline and anointing? <laughs> Hype and revelation. Do you know the difference? Preachers have become experts at hype and adrenaline. (laughs) Do you know the difference? Do you know the difference when someone is, is operating like that with you? See, we've made our Christianity about hype, not revelation. Got quiet in here. (laughs) Mother loves you. Nudge your neighbour, say, he does. Wine. We've got to have affection, unity of heart, presence. And I tell you what, we've got to have life. True? Amen. See, we can all be about the structure. The structure is the, the, the wine skin. But the life is in the wine. We've got to be, go beyond just be able to maintain the structure and just want the life. Come on. <coughs> Come on. How much life have you got? You got more than you know. You just got to get used to it. Come on. You got more life than you understand. And it's going to flow out of you, a river. And like what in Ezekiel 47, it says, wherever the river finds itself in a swamp, where things don't flow, even though it's from the river, if it doesn't flow, it turns into a marsh of salt. And it's dead again. Come on. Come on, you can love people. You can, you can be full of wine. Come on. <laughs> And this is the last point before we flick the switch. Is that okay? It's got to be, but what are we known by? Are we known by our fruit? Or are we known by our love? Known by what we can do? Or known by who we are? Known by our rules? Known by our principles? Or known by our relationship? Because... All through scripture, you can't say that, oh, I love God, I just don't like his kids. <laughs> Come on. And yet that's the true mark of a believer, is that first they, they love God and they love people, especially within that people, the household of God, the people that are actually carrying Jesus around inside of them. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> See, you have a God, and He is great. <laughs> Your God has no enemies. Your God has nothing can overthrow Him. Your God woke up this morning. If He did go wake up, 
He didn't wake up needing medication. He didn't even wake up needing coffee. He was ready to go and so excited about you. He's so excited. I hope they see. I hope they see what I have in store for them. I hope they see what I have supplied for them. I hope they see that my presence with them all day. I hope they get it. I hope they get it. I hope, I hope, I hope. Because if they really understand this and they eat it, this, guess what they're going to want tomorrow? More. Yeah. And what's great about that, if they actually wake up and go, God, there's more, guess what? I'm going to give it to them. And it will actually work. Yes. Come on. It won't be ripped off. It won't be that. It's like God wants to do more. And if you honestly think that Jesus isn't doing anything in your life... <laughs> <laughs> impossible. Impossible for, your, for our Jesus to not be doing anything in your life. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I love in the Bible? In the message, it's got a lot of meanwhiles. <laughs> it's like, the disciples, I love this one. The disciples were in a storm and they're rowing for all their might. They rowed from literally five o'clock in the morning in the afternoon till three o'clock in the morning. That's who says that's a lot of rowing. I don't think you Texans would do that. You'd, end, you'd put a motor on that of some sort. <laughs> and meanwhile, Jesus comes walking on the water. <laughs> For many of you, you're rowing. And Jesus is walking on the water. And when they saw him, they thought it was a ghost. The relationship. Do you know him? Come on, do you know him? The most important thing about you is your concept, your belief in who God is. It will affect every sphere of your life. It will affect how you are when bad things happen. It will affect how you are when good things happen. <laughs> if it goes pear-shaped today, how are you? Amen. <laughs> Singing a song. Paul and Silas thrown into a, the lowest part of the dungeon and they're like, hey Silas, I feel like singing. <laughs> Come on, just start anything. This little light of mine. I'm go- yeah, that's a good one. Let's sing that. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Come on, church. Stand up. This little light of mine. Stand up. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Okay, sit down, that's enough. Man, hey, hey Nathan, I led, where's Nathan? Nathan, I led, I, I, I led, I led as good as Nathan. They're all pointing everywhere. He ran out of the room thinking, oh my God, what's he gonna do? They're okay, Nate, they're okay. I didn't break anything. Is that a hand? No, you did that pretty good, hey? You could do that in a septic tank. Come on, could you do that? You just pulled out, you don't need, and you did it, and you got better. You got better, you got into it. And that's such a corny song. 
Come on. And that's come out of you. Do you notice that something literally as corny as that was, God did something. And we nearly had revival if we let that go. <laughs> See, it's not that hard. See, it's not that hard to step into God. Do you, have a, do you know how you have a God? <laughs> See, there's no limit to what your God can do. Just you. It's not, believe me, we're going, and, and it's probably been the big thing. It's like, we're going from ministry to the saints to ministry of the saints. Where everyone's going to learn to minister. And the fivefold is going to just equip you in your superpower. True. And now we'll do gatherings like that, but you'll see more and more of equipping. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had teacher's night and everybody wanted to know theology. Everyone wanted to know what, like, what really end times is. <laughs> what really being saved is. How much Jesus has really done for us. What are the Old Testament? Imagine, you know, come on. You can't, imagine if we just did that on Tuesday night. Boom. Just do that. What, Wednesday night? Tuesday night. Tuesday night would be prophetic night. Prophets show you how to. Like, look at Ananias. Ananias. Acts chapter 8. When God spoke to him, yes, Lord. That's a big sign. Didn't have to say his name twice. Yes, Lord. He hears the name, address, owner of the house, the situation of what he's going into and the word that he has to give to this guy. Not a prophet. Not a super apostle. A disciple. I cannot wait to meet Ananias. I hope he's bald, hey. Wouldn't that be... Come on, we can do this thing. See, I believe, who's all the girls got ponytails in their hair? <laughs> the girls with the pony hair. I know you can't see it. If you're sitting behind a ponytail, just tap them, say you're wearing one. <laughs> if you've got a ponytail in your hair, stand your feet. Yeah, that will count. What is that? It's a ponytail. You get a ponytail. Yes, that's a ponytail, darling. That's a ponytail. They're very confused. Like, who, who does these girls' hair? That's a, I'd call that a ponytail. Whatever that is, that is. I know. My brother says, you know, the bun thing that girls wear? That's a volume thing, Mars. So you can stand up, darling. If you've got your hair in something. Yeah, that's it. Up. Yeah, there you go. Boom. There they go. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. You've got your hair, hair back. And of course, there's a man bun at the back. I shouldn't have said girls. I should have just said people. With plenty. Let me tell you something. There's a story in, in, in Old Testament. Samson went and caught foxes and tied fire. He tied their tails together and put fire between them and sent them into the fields to set it on fire. You guys are going to carry fire. Goats. 
Your girls are gonna carry fire. Yeah, watch out. You could just imagine that. Imagine if a tongue of fire. Whoa, whoa. Imagine like you just do you understand how careful you'd be walking around? That you could set someone on fire. That if there's if there's fumes in the room. <laughs> if whole, if God is already doing something, if God is already doing something, you walk you walk in, boom. You understand that? In fact, things are going to be ready for you, darling, before you even get there, even before you step into the room, before you even step in the situation. You're going to be set up your entire life. You're going to, it's just going to be a setup. It's like Joseph, his whole life was a setup, true? <laughs> Moses' life was a setup. Peter's life was a setup. <laughs> and you're going to carry fire into the fields. Evangelism is going to start in this church like it is never seen before. I mean, not because it's because of ascending, ascending anointing on this place to send and not try and keep the river, wherever it goes, it touches, it, he, it heals. Come on. If, what do, we'll probably have, when we will do evangelism, you might do evangelism where? Thursday night. Thursday night, we workshop evangelism. You don't have to be evangelist to come. Just come if you're a disciple. And we'll have an evangelist come up here and impart that to you. Every week, sharpen you. So you can lead people to Jesus who are trying to find him just like these, just like Saul was. He thought he was operating God. He was, he was, he, he was trying to find God, thinking he was serving God. And then he met a disciple. Once God was already talking to him. Tell you what, guy, gang, God is already going to be talking to the people that you're about to talk to in Jesus' name. And I just charge you to keep that fire burning. Keep the oil up. You could do that, couldn't you, darling? Come on. A shandai a day keeps the devil away. I sobered up a bit. I need to get a bit more. Okay, have a seat. Let me tell you something. For the team, I know I've got a ministry in the team, but I really wanted to say some stuff in front of the church. Is this good? Because where the leaders go, it's true. It's, it actually falls from the anointing flows from Aaron's head through his beard and even down into his feet. If you stay connected to the house, you'll have what's on the house. Is that true? And there's this mission thing on you, Joe, uh, Joel and Lauren. It's like this... Mission, like it's no, I see that word everywhere with you guys because you, you start off as missionaries and you're going to always be missionaries and missionaries is what you're going to produce. It's about you know, going to the place. It's the apostolic thing. It truly is the apostolic of going and changing a community to what it could be if it was in the kingdom. But right now, God has called you to be healers of the breach like Nehemiah. You know, where there's been brokenness, where, there's been, where there needs to be repair in people's lives of the goodness and protection of God, you're going, to be the, you're going to be known as the healers of the breach. And just like Nehemiah and Ezra, God is going to bring you supply. God's going to give you everything you need to do the very thing that God has called you to do. There will always be enough when you do it. <laughs> there will always be enough. Isn't that, who's found that true? It's never there before, it's there while. Some of you want to start something, but you're waiting for the money. Start and then see what happens. 
Come on. Some of you are on the edge of revival, the edge of breakthrough, but your actions are in line with your belief. It's all the same. Believe me. And I do it. Like I had pastors come to me, how do you get miracles, Mars? Oh, yeah, you go by faith. Yeah, but I've seen guys go on faith and go into a screaming heat. I said, that's not faith then. It's assumption. Faith comes by? Oh, you got that. Very good. So what's he saying? God will always give you what you want, not what you need. But do you know what you want? More powerful is, do you need what you want? I could just... I could just literally, I can feel it like name something and boom. Who, hasn't, who really wants something? Who needs something this morning? What's that, Lisa? Um, breakthrough in relationships. Breakthrough in relationships. Who needs that? <laughs> who needs that? Who wants that? Let's be upstanding. Father, I thank you right now that you're bringing. Man, Jesus died that we could re. It's like the primary thing in God is to reestablish relationship. Is that true? That man, that's heart, God's heart. So, Father, we just pray right now that God would start to reestablish and heal relationships. Father, that's what we want, and man, that's what we need. <laughs> Amen. Now do something that lines up with that. See, Jonathan, God is restoring. <laughs> he is restoring and he, the, the season that you're in is like zigzag. You've come back and everything's burnt and stolen. God literally says to you to pursue. You pursue and you will regain all. Pursue. And you can have it all that you thought was stolen from you back plus. God will restore to you, darling, everything that you've yielded and, and you've surrendered. You've sacrificed so much. And God is going to win you back. God is going to win you back to Him and show that He is mighty and awesome and powerful. And you're confidence is, I feel like your whole confidence in this church is going to get an upgrade. <laughs> and you're going to, so you can't, you can't make bold declarations without being brave. And you can't be brave if you're not willing to have courage. Come on, man, that's a word for you. Come on. You, I had this dream. It was a really weird dream and I don't dream much. Must be, might be the jet lag. But a couple of nights ago, I thought, and even during the pandemic, I thought, I'll just share this. And it's like, there is a bully trying to smash into your house. I had a dream where this guy was trying to break into my house. In fact, he was in the house, he was in the house 
running amok and threatening, threatening me. I'm this is weird. So I grabbed him and I threw him out the door. He was a big chubby kind of guy. And I was amazed how easy it was to throw him. And he starts banging on the door because what I'd done is when I threw that bully out, then it appears that there's another bully sitting on the lounge chair like who thinks he's going to ambush me. So the other guy, he kicks in the door and he comes through at me. This is all about intimidating you. So I grab the guy and I thought, and this is what I went in my head, I'm not going to throw you down the stairs, I'm going to just throw you straight off the balcony. (laughs) You are not getting up. And he didn't. And I think it's like a prophetic thing for many of you. When I was willing to just, man, I'm not putting up with this, and you're out. Even the second time, now you're really out. And then I turned to the guy, the bully. It was like bullies. Do you know what bully? Like people trying to intimidate that sort of loser kind of person. Anyway, I turned around, and the bully who was sitting on the line, trying to be comfortable there, got really scared because he knew he was next. (laughs) Come on. Some of you have been intimidated and it's like a two-fold attack on you. And it's not going to take yelling at him. The yelling on the talking did not work. It was actually grabbing that thing, grabbing the devil by the beard and just throw him out the door. Are you hearing me? It's not a season to be intimidated. It's a season to be brave. Turn to your neighbour and say, you can be brave. You can be brave. I'm brave. I'm brave. I know brave. (laughs) You know brave. Come on. I just got one more group to do. Is that cool? This is... I know you're all waiting to get drunk, but hey, all I can do is get drunk in front of you and hope you catch on. (laughs) Hmm. Chris. No, it's actually you. It's good. Yeah, don't want Chris. I want you. Chris's wife. Chris's wife, the singer, Natalie. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Natalie. And this will be for many of you, this this word. It's like, again, that's probably why I went there. It's just ask. I see you in this season right now. Esther was born for such a time as this. Come on. And Esther is a big theme in your life, actually. And Esther showed up in the king and he said, whatever you want, up to half the kingdom, ask me. You've got such supernatural favour, darling. It's not about living small and safe. It's about an expanded life and what really is your influence. It's a time for influence for you all, okay? In the sphere, you are born for such a time as this. And if you think... If you think that whatever God does on this planet you're going to be exempt from, you are kidding yourself. And I know about you. 
You know what, I, I actually believe this. I think there's going to be some scarcity. It's, I've, and I felt that about two years ago. But I know this. <laughs> it's not going to happen to us. <laughs> Come on. We're not going to have lack. We're going to be like Joseph. We'll feed people. We'll house people. We'll love people. Come on. Who wants to be in that? Why miss out? Why miss out on what God wants to do? Like what Joel was saying. Not for you, to you. Come on, come on we've got to get out of that. We've got to, you know, I hope Mother has a word for me. Well, you have a word for you. Come on. Because then I'm doing my job. I pray you have a dream tonight that lays out what God is showing you and revealing you. Okay? Are you hearing me? Oh, you, are you, you look like you're hungry now. <laughs> Who's hungry? Come on, let's stand on our feet. As I just, I pray and hand it back. I feel like I've done my assignment. Is that cool? Don't do anything less. Don't do anything more. All the yellow people, it's like this yellow. I don't know what the spiritual meaning of yellow is other than bright, shiny kind of thing. But the, if you're wearing yellow, God, some people, it's so hilarious when you say things like that. It's like, who dressed you this morning that you have to remember what you're wearing? <laughs> Man, your mum dressed you this morning. And so if you're in yellow, God is going to change you to blue. Blue is the prophetic. There's going to be an upgrade. I literally say, if you are wearing yellow this morning, you're going to have an upgrade in the prophetic. There you all are. Who are the little daisies, the yellow people? Raise your, raise your hands, little daisy. There's a cowboy there in yellow. Father, I thank you for every soul here. Father, I pray we start to learn to live above the line, beyond structure, beyond the wineskin, and we just want to be the wine. We just want to be known by our affection. We want to be known by our love. We want to see the purpose in our life. But a greater thing is to be in, to carry the presence, not to enter into the presence, to be a carrier of the presence. Amen, come on. To be a carrier of the presence into a dark world. This little light, you know, come on. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' name. In Je- there it goes. In Jesus' name. That your anointing, that your empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray, even like, may there be, may there be that little vapor cloud above each and every one of us <laughs> as we walk out of here. A little flame. Oh, I see that. Come on. Bless you. We love you. It's been so wonderful to be with my family, with you, Joseph and I. Amen. Pastor Joel. 